driven by excellence, your trusted place for all things logistics and road safety. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the employment of military personnel within the commercial logistics sector. I am very fortunate to be joined in the studio today by three very special guests. Pertemps Driver Division Director John Poliquin, Pertemps Military Liaison Officer Major Darren Knight and Army Reservist Sergeant Lee Northam. We'll be discussing their experiences and provide you with an insight into the transition from what military looks like and how the employers can benefit from working with the armed forces. So buckle up and enjoy the episode. Thank you everyone for being here today. Let's start off by just introducing ourselves. John, if you want to give a bit of your background and why you're here today. Yeah, uh, John Poliquin, uh, Director for Pertemps and PDT. Um, today, just 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 to tell people how wonderful um, people are within logistics, but also um, people who leave the armed forces um, and what a fantastic bunch of people they can be and such an asset to businesses. So that's really what I'm here to talk about. Great. And Darren? Yep. Yeah, uh, my name is Darren Knight. Be, um, I work as the, the Armed Forces Liaison Manager for Pertemps. I'm also a major in the reserves, an ex-regular uh, soldier of 22 years uh, as well. And um, I was predominantly brought into the business to um, to, to assist and help um, individuals leave the forces and join logistics, particularly as drivers. I'm um, Lee Northam. I'm currently a driver for Pertemps and LGV. Left the army in 2014, doing a regular service, and now currently in the reserves uh, for the last seven years. And, um, and now we're here. Now we're here. And now we're here to do the podcast. Okay, so basically to you two, Darren and JP, what do you think is the benefits of having ex-military employees? For me, it's their attitude um, and their willingness to learn. We have to understand that their previous lives have been difficult to mainstream and completely different. They are given orders and instructed. That aside, they are just a great bunch of people to be around. They have great thought process, teamwork especially, um, so, so for me, they're an invaluable source uh, of labour and I think a source that many people overlook, which we need to address. And what about you, Darren? What do you think the benefits are? Yeah, just to add to John's point there, he picked up on leadership because um, in civilian street, um, companies don't invest in leadership. So what you get from a military person is that leadership. And it goes a bit further than that because you've got the coaching and mentoring skills that you come on. But as a driver in logistics, I think the, the most important thing is those transitional skills where, you know, the, the, will, the will do attitude and the reliability and working well to change. Uh, and the resilience part of things uh, is the, where they, they, they value enormously from uh, recruiting people from the military. Do you think the core values for ex-military is a real reason why you'd want to employ? I mean, the military values and standards are second to none. Um, and so, so what you do get from that person is those values and standards straight across from the military because the military person doesn't know anything else. That, that, that's the, it's been inbred in, into them. Um, and, and then that comes with loyalty. Uh, and you'll find uh, anyone leaving the military to join any company, they'll be loyal to, to, you know, to, to the end, to, for, to everyone in that, in that company. And, and they, they're so much are, um, being used to work as a team. So that's what they're looking for when they leave the military. Yeah. 
In terms of core values for yourself, Lee, what do you think you bring to the driver sector now? I would say I give um, integrity and and loyalty and um, self-discipline, I think, as well, because working for companies in around Lincolnshire, what I do now currently, it's um, a big thing to have that, um, being honest with the employer. If things go wrong with the vehicle, you can tell the employer straight away. Yeah. Don't, don't try to hide it. What do you think appeals to people leaving the forces to become a professional driver? Well, if I go first, I, yeah. I think be, um, be in the military, we're doing things differently every day. So, so um, you know, I'm not going to partic- partic- uh, pick out one particular industry, but I think driving, you, do, you are doing something different every day. You're going to a different place every day. You, you're working on your own. You're working as a team. So that, that's very much, you know, what, what they're looking for when they're you know, leaving the military, to, ha- to have that ability to work on their own as much as working as a team as well. Mm. What do you think, John? I think we need to give more thought employers certainly i think need to give more thought and darren touched on leadership earlier we take for granted that that in civilian life we just do what we do because we know what we're doing but i think more time needs to be given i don't want to use the word handhold but support Mm. and encourage that those people that have been very insular for perhaps a long period of time especially in these case and darren's case so, so to, to, to guide them and help them through that transition, I think w- would give them more pride and encouragement to do their job. But also that then gives the employer more in loyalty and trust. If you give, they'll give back. Mm. It's just that we need to give the time. And that's the thing in a pressured industry just a bit of time to to talk to and engage with and that's the important thing for me is how we engage with them and what do you think Lee so what appeals well what appealed to yourself from leaving the forces to then become a professional driver I think it's um it's being a team and being um also by yourself so so you're in charge of yourself in, in a in a fashion having that responsibility of working for companies and um, just just putting something back to the civilian world, what we've already learned in the army, in the, in the military. Nice. What is the demographic of people who are choosing to leave the forces and then become an LGV driver? It, it's so wide and diverse. Um, you, you could be dealing with somebody, uh, you know, um, that, that's only done days in the military, um, but a military charity will still class that person a, as a veteran. Um, so you've got from that extreme to somebody who's done over 30 years in the military. And some people like myself who joined the army at 16 have got no experience of civilian street whatsoever. Um, so when they do leave in the 40s, it is a completely alien world. Um, so, so, um, so, so you get the full breadth of, of people from different locations throughout the UK, uh, and so, so there's not one, you know, so it's not not one particular area that 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 uh, you can put your your finger on, really. Yeah, following on from that, because you've said it's an alien world going into normal civilian life. What, as an employer now, John, do you think you can do to better equip yourself when working with military trained individuals? I, I think it goes back to time. Right. It, it's just being able to give the time to engage and explain fully some things that we might take for granted 
just the little things, just to give those boys and girls that come out the confidence to do the job well. It doesn't cost us anything. It's just being human and spending a bit of time. And every industry is busy, but logistics is is equally so much more pressured because it's just in time. It's now, now, now. But if we can just take a step back, give a little, we'll get so much more back from these boys and girls. Yeah. And what do you think about I would that? say that the companies I work for currently are asking me questions about the army and my experiences of being in the army. That's massive to me to try and put across my my perception of what we do in the military. So there's some companies who don't understand about, about a veteran of what he's done in, in his army service. All they see is on the TV or, or the radio. So to get it from a feedback from a, from a driver currently, it's, it's fantastic. Do you think you've had enough support with your transition? Definitely, yes. I think um, the, the way I've, I've um, come into this industry, I've been approached by companies and especially Protems have been really on side, really um, helpful and um, beneficial for me. What's the sort of difference from training someone who's had a non-military background? So somebody that's been in the military, one, one of the major differences between um, a military driver and a civilian driver is the, uh, the legislation type, type of the piece. You know, so so uh, somebody in civilian street, they'll understand about the working time directive, driver's hours, everything else like that. Even though the military abide by the spirit of legislation and do, do adopt those rules, using digicards, you know, understanding the working time directive in detail, it, it, it is not, it's not known throughout the military. So that gives you a perfect example of a big difference. Do you think, if any, there are any negative public perceptions of leaving the service to then become a commercial driver? I think on the whole, as John's alluded to already, is that the, you know, the public have got a positive you know, relationship with, with, with military and they know what they're getting. I do say that you know, with, with previous um, conflicts in the past, PTSD um, d- does come into it, though um, people suffering from PTSD is a, such a lower percentage than what, what is talked about. And people and what Lee spoke about earlier as well, people don't understand what people do in the military. So uh, you know, when somebody's leaving the army, they think everyone's an infantry soldier that's been frontline in Afghanistan and everyone's experienced the same thing uh, and that can't be for, for further from the truth because we've got so many different roles and so many different experiences so it's understanding that background uh, and don't you know d- you know don't tie everyone with the same you know set same rush yeah, don't jump to conclusions yeah. almost but I mean I don't know everything in the military personally so that is my initial perception and thought is everyone's in the front line like you've said so John what are your thoughts on that what do you think the public perception is? I suppose it's very difficult. Some people don't like to talk about what's happened in their past mm. because I would imagine there are some very unpleasant things. But as long as we don't lose sight of what these people do and did for us and what they're there to do, just again, engage with them, talk talk to them. Yeah. And I think that, uh, and I'll keep talking about, it, is the most important thing is to engage Show them you're human, uh, although you're a civilian, um, and actually life's all right. Just just go and talk to them. With you, Lee, what do you think was your biggest challenge within your transition? I'm leaving that um, secure job industry, the money was always a, a beneficial for being in the military. To, to then joining a company um, where it's hard by itself 
to be in a, in a lorry for 12 hours a day. Um, so you're probably quite lonely because the thing is, being in the military, you have a lot of teamwork and lots of bonding with the men. But in a, in a vehicle, you're, you're always by yourself. And uh, that was quite hard to, to adapt on the first initial part. How long did it take you to adapt, do you think? Probably two months, three months to get, get used to the routine. Mm. I think in the military, it's all about um, routine. And that was the difference of being um, a new new career, a new life in the civilian street. So how did you adapt to essentially working on your own? By, by speaking to employees and experience from drivers who's been in, in, in that, in that um, job for many years, asking them questions and how, how to get the best out, out of me and also for the company. And that's my main goal, really. So, John, what kind of support are you offering the employees as part of your partnership with the military? Well, we, we set up the Persons Academy purely on the back of giving service leavers that support they need. So any service leaver can come to us who has a will to be in logistics and we will coach them through the change from, from military to civilian driving. We have our own fleet of vehicles our own coaches that will work with those individuals to get them across the lines. They've got the confidence they need, whether that be an hour or a week, it matters not. Those people have to leave us knowing in their stomach, they've got the confidence and will to do the job safely. That's what we do for them. And what would you say about yeah, that? Yeah, so, so to, to add a bit of detail to that one is that in the military, you ask any um, service person to drive and operate a vehicle, they have to do a course in it or they have to go through what's called familiarisation training. Um, so what we've done at Pertemps um, it is to um, set up a particular course um, to suit that license category. And we've called it commercial vehicle formalization training for those in individuals that haven't touched an LGV vehicle since passing their test. They're going to leave the, um, they're going to leave the service with a license, but not have the confidence to jump in and drive that vehicle. So what, so what we do at Pertemps is provide that necessary experience. We call it formalization training, which is language they understand from the military. It's provided free. And we will coach and mentor them through until they are happy and confident. And what? And so, so the most important thing is they've got the confidence in order to drive those vehicles. But more importantly, our clients have then got confidence of those individuals that they're getting because not only they're getting all the transitional skills from the military, as we discussed earlier, they're now getting a safe and competent driver. Mm. Also, um, working for Pertem, so there's always a, a reassurance. There's always a phone number you can ring to get advice from a manager or employee from, from Pertem to give us a bit of advice and help. What do you think we can do to make it a bit more attractive, potentially, for highly skilled and qualified people to become an LGV driver? In respect of their skills that they've, they've utilised or, or been yeah. given in the forces to transition those yeah. or, or to change careers completely? Well, let's say skills, their skill set to transition those to become an LGV. We need to, again, talk to the individuals mm -hmm. and, and actually find out what they want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't want to push anybody into something or a role that they don't want to be in. A lot of the people that I've met, service leavers at different events, I just spend time talking to just just to calm them down a bit and, and realise that the world really is their oyster. There are so many opportunities out there. If we can open the lid on a box for them, even if it doesn't benefit us, 
I would rather give that individual that opportunity so they can be in the right place rather than trying to push people down an avenue that perhaps isn't really suited to them. So we need to ensure that what we do at the front end is right. And again, that comes down to communicating, understanding what the individual wants to do. Would you say the same? Yeah, de definitely. Just to give you a perfect example, when I when I joined when I joined the army, um, I, I joined the Royal Corps Transport, which is now the Royal Logistic Corps, and and I would be I was lucky enough to get my LGV license at the age of seventeen. But those people that was getting those licenses then were the ones that was in particular driver traits. Um, Twenty thirty years later. Most people in the military have got licenses because of the even the Land Rover platforms, because of the weight of these vehicles, we're having to give infantry soldiers those truck licenses. So as John's alluded to there is what you're getting from somebody leaving the military is that don't just take the license for granted. You need to find out exactly what they did in the military, because most of the people that we deal with, the last time they drove an LGV license were on the day of their test. And they've been driving Land Rovers in the desert, for instance, since. So, so to, you know, to to carry on what, what John was saying, we need to understand that, then coach and mentor them through that. Because if if we can give those people that, that time and invest in those people, what we get what we get in return will be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. What do you think initially attracted you to become an LGV driver? I think the it's the opportunity to travel um, around the country, meet new people, um, getting more skills in that industry, and also just. Just driving around and and getting um, enjoying myself really in that in that role and getting paid for it it's fantastic to do it. Darren, what would you tell our listeners that could be employers that are potentially thinking about this route with working with the military? So as you've heard, as discussed, the benefits employing a service lever. There's some additional benefits as well. Um, so as soon as you employ a a veteran, uh, a service lever, or somebody who's um, serving in the reserves, um, you can get kudos by um, signing the Armed Forces Covenant, um, cementing that relationship between your company and the MOD and getting the kudos from, from, from that. And on the back of that, the, the MOD have got an award scheme um, called the Employee Recognition Scheme for those companies that go above and beyond just a pledge to support the military. And by taking on a service leave, a veteran and a reservist, you'll get kudos from that. And it certainly adds the social social value um, and, and you're, you're, you're helping the community. But like I say, and this kudos is free. Um, and um, and good news spreads fast. So so if you employ a veteran with any sort of military background, that they'll they'll tell their group, uh, and 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 all of a sudden you'll be a company that that's known throughout the you know the forces community that you support the, the the wider military community. And John, you've already done this. So what has been your experiences with Pertemps? Honestly, fantastic. We were lucky enough to to form the PEM project. Uh, we were invited to Buckingham Palace to park the vehicles up there on the courtyard, which was fantastic. And that has really humbled me to be able to do something and give something back. Um, I'm reminded the powers that be, how much we invest. Um, but for me, it's an investment we can't afford not to give. So it has made me feel very proud and very humbled to be part of this experience. And also, not to forget that although we, we, we focused and honed in on logistics, there are many, many people that leave the force with such transferable skills on all levels. So if we can just work with those people and spread the word, 
employers could, could benefit greatly from using people with transferable skills. They might need help and support, but they've got the right skills and attributes to be a great employee. Thanks so much, John. Great input. My final question is we've obviously discussed what you and employers are doing, but how could the MOD or the government give greater support, do you think? So um, there's a thing called the Armed Forces Covenant, uh, which is brilliant, and uh, thousands of companies are signed into that, and the MOD have got an employer recognition scheme. Um, to award those companies that go above and beyond and per temps are, are one of those gold award winning companies. So we lead the way in speaking to other companies. So, so I think it's just the MOD doing more on that, on that front to assist in this, to spread the good, spread the good word. Um, and then, you know, something that comes to, comes to mind with, with myself is that, um, drivers in the military, and I'm talking about the professional drivers in the military, have done all the things that, that, would map across to the driver CPC, but those individuals haven't got that driver, driver CPC qualification on leaving the service, they have to do it. So if we could map across some of the qualifications better, which will help their transition, I think that's maybe an area that they can improve. But on generally, you know, just encouraging companies like ourselves to advocate the Armed Forces Covenant and the MOD to help where they can. And they are doing that, uh, And but, but we, can, we, can, we can do more. What do you think, John? Is there anything... That yeah, the government maybe could be doing. Uh, to, to be fair, I mean, I, I agree with Darren. I, th I think that they've got the core skills. If they want to be in logistics, giving them a CPC is again that confidence. A lot of service leavers I've spoken to come out and didn't even know there is a, such a thing as a CPC. So there's a lot, lot to learn in a short space of time before you hop over the hedge and jump into a civilian vehicle. Um, and of course, they're then legally bound now, legislation, you know, they could be at risk of losing the licence or worse, just through lack of education. It doesn't take a lot. So I think CPC would be a great thing to, to give them added confidence. If there are a way to add to that, I, I think what we do in the academy to give service leavers a real taste of on-road civilian driving in a civilian vehicle would be utopia because the vehicles that they operate are completely different. And it again goes back to confidence. They're not toys. Mm -hmm. They are large vehicles, heavy, cumbersome. So just to give them that added flavour, that for me would be great. But I understand the commercials behind that. The government, the MOD, probably can't afford to do that. So I think we as employers need to recognise that and keep working with those service leavers to give them that confidence. Do you have any? I would say prior to leaving the army, I think it'd be good to have a um, on your settlements to get some soldiers who are driving currently in, in civilian street to come and speak to the um, young soldiers leaving the army and, and, and tell them about the, about the stories and what's, what's good and what's bad about it in the industry. I think that's what it is, the, the experience of soldiers leaving already and trying to go back and tell um, the guys about it. Because that's what I think. You always hear about, oh, it's it's not good to be in, but actually, it's a good lifestyle. It's really good to do it. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. 
I feel that was so interesting and really informative and I'm sure our listeners will too. One huge takeaway for me in this discussion was what you said, Darren, um, about the public perception of what the military person actually does. You said the assumption is to be on the front line and artillery when in actual fact there's lots of roles and transferable skills that employers could potentially benefit from. So thank you so much. Thank you, John. Thank you, Darren, and thank you, Lee, for coming in today. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Driven by Excellence. We hope you enjoyed listening, and if you did, please don't forget to click that follow button, leave us a review, or share this episode with a colleague. For more information and to keep up to date with industry news, head to our website, pdtfleettrainingsolutions.co.uk.